Well, good morning and a very warm welcome to our phone service and podcast for today, Sunday the 3rd of December. The recording comes live from Lara last week, where we were looking at Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 to 6, and considering the truth that because we don't know, uh, sometimes we can get paralyzed by that, we don't know what's going to happen, um, we should get on with life, trusting God. I'll read you the uh, the reading that we had, and then I'll hand you over to that service. So Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verses 1 to 6. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the north, or to, or to the south, or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Let me hand you over to that service now. Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and uh, let's pray for God's help as we look at his word. Heavenly Father, thank you for your uh, word and for the wisdom contained within it. We pray we may grasp this wisdom today and be those who are content in knowing that you're in control uh, and to get on with life just knowing that and trusting you each and every day for your glory we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, what do you do when you, when you don't know? When you don't know what to do, when you don't know the outcome, when you don't know how it'll work out? Uh, the temptation is to procrastinate, isn't it? To put things off. Uncertainties in life can leave us feeling paralysed. And you can go round and round in circles, can't you? And think, well, what if I do this? Uh, uh, but what about if I do that? And you want to know how those different outcomes would work out. And you wish you could see six months down the line, a year down the line, five years. If you took either of those options, what would happen? Uh, Maybe you think of a young person heading off to to college and they're taking a risk, aren't they? They don't know for certain that they're going to get a better job by going to college than if they didn't. Or someone considering building a house and they think, well, is now a good time to build? because the costs are pretty high. But but what about if they keep on going up? Then I I wish I had started back then. Or a farmer thinking about when to put out his fertiliser. And will will the conditions be right for the grass to grow and for it to be uh, ready to harvest? Will it be dry enough to harvest when he wants it to be harvested? We long to know the future, don't we? To to see the outcome, to know, what if I do this? But we can't know the future. Which is frustrating, but actually, I think it's probably a good thing, isn't it? Because imagine the pain that you would... uh, Imagine maybe some of the pain you have experienced in your life. And imagine knowing that that was coming down the road. Do you think that would have helped to know that it was coming? It was the anniversary of my mum last week, 29 years uh, since my mum went to be with the Lord. Uh, And if I'd known perhaps as a 10-year-old boy that she was going to die in four years' time, do you think that would have helped? It, it wouldn't, would it? It would, be, it would make the pain worse because you'd know this awful thing was coming. But still, sometimes we, we do wish we did know what the outcomes would be. We wish we knew, if I do this, what will happen? 
We want to be in control. And when we don't know, sometimes we just do nothing. But the preacher of Ecclesiastes, in his wisdom, says to us, well, it's not good to do nothing. You can't know everything, so get on with life. Take a risk. Instead of not doing anything, he says, because you don't know, so. Because you don't know what's going to happen, sow your seed. Get on with life. Don't try and wait until you know all the outcomes. Don't fear, but trust that God knows and works for the good of those who love him. And so, so, get on and sow. The preacher wants us to see three things, I think, from this passage. And the first is in verses one and two, which is to take the long-term view and be generous. Did you see verse one? Cast your bread upon the waters, for you'll find it after many days. What does he mean? Surely if you cast your bread upon the waters, it's going to end up as duck food, isn't it? You're not going to see it again. It'll end up as a soggy mess. It's not coming back, is it? Well, I think the preacher's saying, well, don't be put off by risk. It looks like a risky thing to do, doesn't it? But some risks pay off. And maybe he's referring here, cast your bread upon the waters to international sea trade. Uh, that was the sort of thing Solomon engaged in. He sent stuff abroad and he got stuff back. And it looks so risky, doesn't it? As you send stuff out on the water, on boats. What's going to happen to it? There might be a storm. What's going to happen to those goods that you send out? But you might find a good market as you send them out on the water. So the preacher says, don't just look to the short term. Take risks, send stuff out, engage in trade. And yet don't be foolish. We might say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. The preacher says, verse two, give a portion to seven or even to eight. For you know not what disaster may happen on earth. So he may be saying something like, send your goods out on the water, but don't put them all in one ship, because if it sinks, you've lost everything. Spread it out among a few different uh, ships. Jesus commends a similar attitude, doesn't he, in investing in his kingdom. So he tells that parable of the talents uh, of a master who goes away on a long journey and he entrusts his servants with five talents, with two talents and with one talent uh, and tells them to invest it. And the one with five invests it wisely and ends up with five talents more. And he's blessed by the master, encouraged to share in his happiness. The one with two, again, gets two more. But the one with one, well, he said he was frightened and he hid the talent in the ground. He did nothing with it and he gave it back to the master. And the master was cross with him and said, you lazy servant, why didn't you invest it at least with the bank? You were lazy. We don't know the future, but we shouldn't let that get on, let stop us from getting on uh, with life and especially for kingdom work, work of Jesus, work for Jesus. When we're uncertain, we tend to hold on to stuff tightly, don't we? We fear a loss of income. We fear our savings going down. But the preacher says the opposite. He says, because you don't know what disaster's coming, give your stuff away. You're better off not having it than, uh, than losing it in a disaster. And actually, if you give it away, well, it might come back to you. He doesn't explain how, but it might come back to you. So that little expression, cast your bread, well, it might be referring to international sea trade, but it might also be referring to giving to those in need. Bread 
It tends to be the sort of staple food. Cast your bread. Give to those who are in need. Give to those who need it. You don't know when the disaster is coming. And as you give to others, well, you'll be cared for as well. Cast your bread on the waters. Do you remember the rich fool? He did the opposite, didn't he? He stored up all his goods. He stored them up. He had too much. And so he said, well, rather than giving it away, I'll, I'll build bigger barns. And what did God say to him? You fool. This very night, your soul will be required of you. Then who will get what you've stored up for yourself? You can't take it with you. Jesus tells us to hold on to our lives lightly. He, he says, if you lose your life for his sake, you'll find it. But if you hold on to your life, you'll lose it. The preacher here wants us to take the long-term view, not just the short-term view. And Jesus wants us to take the eternal view. Remember, he talked about storing up treasure in heaven. As we're giving uh, to gospel work, we're storing up treasure in heaven. And maybe that uh, story Jesus told from our second reading, uh, he told us, didn't he, that when you give a banquet, that wasn't a story, that was something he was teaching them. When you give a banquet, don't invite your your friends or, or your brothers or relatives. I don't think it's saying you can't have any of your friends around for dinner, but he is saying, uh, invite those who can't repay you. Invite the poor and the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. How? They can't repay you. They can't have you back over for a meal. When will you be repaid? Well, you'll be repaid at the resurrection of the just. You see, Jesus says, take the eternal view. Take the view that sees, well, what a blessing it will be if these people, uh, through your generosity, come to know the Lord and you'll share heaven with them. You'll be celebrating with them for eternity in the new heavens and the new earth. Maybe you give to something like Crosslinks and, and people come to know the Lord through the work of Gerald and Louise. And we share in that joy somehow. Or maybe you support Church in Chains and the work that they do to support Christians around the world who are persecuted for their faith. And in the new heavens and the new earth, there's joy at these people as, as we've shared with them. And so the preacher wants us to take the long-term view. But it sounds costly, doesn't it? What if I don't? What if I just keep on holding on to stuff for myself? And that's the second thing the preacher wants us to see. And it's verses three and four. Verse three, if the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves on the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north, in the place where the tree falls, there it will lie. He who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. What is the preacher getting at here? I think he's saying some things are predictable, aren't they? Like rain, you can see the clouds, We see the weather forecast and we know it's going to rain. We can predict it. And yet you can't control it, can you? You you wish you could, but you you can't. And some things are totally random, like a tree falling. You can't say which way it's, it's going to fall when it gets blown in the storm. And the preacher's saying, look, you can't control everything. You you can't even control the predictable. If you want to be in control of everything and guarantee success. You'll never do anything. You'll be like the farmer who he talks about here, who's just waiting for the perfect conditions. Here, this is a man sowing before the the, the advent of modern machinery, sowing by hand. And what did you want when you were sowing the seed? You wanted a very nice, calm day 
and there was no wind so that your seed wouldn't get wasted. It wouldn't get blown to other places. You wanted it to land in the right place. And imagine the farmer, and he's, he's looking out. Oh, no, there's a bit of wind today. We'll better wait another day. And he waits and a bit of wind today. And he keeps waiting for that perfect day, but it never comes. And so he doesn't sow his seed and he has no harvest. Or, the preacher says, imagine the, the, the farmer who has sown the seed, but then he's waiting for just that perfect day to harvest it. He wants no clouds in the sky so that there's not even a risk of a chance of a shower. And he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting and he waits too long. And then the crop is gone. It's ruined because he left it too long. And so the preacher wants us to know that you're not God. We're not God. And in life, we have to take risks. We can never know if our timing is perfect. But don't let that paralyze you. If you don't sow, there will be no harvest. So take a risk, bury some seed in the ground. It looks so dangerous, doesn't it? It looks so reckless. If you've ever planted vegetable seeds, you know, what are you doing? We know what's gonna happen, but if you didn't know, It's so reckless, isn't it, to just bury something in the ground. But the preacher says, take the long-term view. Invest in God's kingdom. You don't have to know everything. And the preacher ends this section by encouraging us to trust in the one who does know everything. So that's the third thing he wants us to see. Be content in not knowing and trust in the one who makes everything. This is verses five to six. The preacher's about to tell us in these verses three times, you do not know, you do not know, you do not know. And he wants to teach us to be content with not knowing. The first thing he tells us you don't know is there in verse five. As you do not know the way the spirit comes to the bones in the womb of a woman with child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Ah, oh, we say, well, we're living 3,000 years later. We've now got uh, 3D ultrasound images. We, we know. We're very clever. But actually, do, do you know? I mean, do you know how the cells divide and they end up, you know, one bit becomes a toe and another bit becomes an ear and another bit becomes an eye? Do you know? How, how is it done? How does the spirit come into that child? How does the spirit come into the, the womb in the child? How does this, how does this baby form? It's amazing, isn't it? And far less could we actually make it. The, the preacher says, look, you don't know how it happens, but God makes everything. God is the one who does this incredible work of making the baby in the womb. How amazing God is. Be content with not knowing everything. The preacher wants us to be content in not knowing, to accept that we're not God, to let God be God. There's many things you and I won't know in life, but don't let that paralyze you from getting on with life. Instead, the preacher says, because you don't know, so. Do you see verse 6? In the morning sow your seed, and at evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. We can't guarantee it. 
You don't know which will be better. You can't guarantee which seed will grow. Can't say for certain when's the best time to sow. But you can sow. You can get on and do it. And so the preacher says, because you don't know, so. I think he's talking about all of life here, not just farming. He's, he's saying, don't be paralysed. Try different things. Enjoy the life that God's given you. That's been a big message in uh, Ecclesiastes, hasn't it? Enjoy the life that God has given you. See life as a gift. Not about you gaining all you can, but thanking God for what he gives you. Making the most of every opportunity. When we come to the New Testament, though, Jesus takes this idea of sowing and applies it to the spreading of his word. You remember that famous parable he told in Mark chapter 4, the parable of the sower, where Jesus tells us that his word lands on four different types of soil. And Jesus is giving a lesson to the disciples and to us that when we spread his word, when we sow that seed of his word, we should expect different results. Some will be like the seed that falls on the path. They just will not listen to God's word. Some will make a promising start and they'll shoot up, but they'll wither when persecution comes. Some will make a promising start, but they'll get choked out by the desires of this life and the desire to get rich. But some, Jesus says, some of the seeds you share will fall on good soil and there'll be a harvest, some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. And maybe you think, well, that person I know They'd never listen. They'd not be at all interested. And so you don't say anything. But the preacher says, well, because you don't know, so say something. If you're a follower of Jesus, our job is to sow his word, to share it with others, but we're not responsible for the results. We can leave that to God. We don't know, but we can sow. You can sow God's word through a conversation with someone through a question you ask someone to to get them thinking, or through a book that you might give them, through an invitation to church. You never know what will come of it. I heard this week about a seed that took 85 years to grow. 85 years, this seed sat there and it looked like nothing had happened. The seed was planted by a preacher called John Flavel, And uh, he planted that seed in a sermon into a man called Luke Short's life. He must have been 18 at the time. Uh, And he heard that message and it looked like nothing happened. He heard that Jesus had died for him, risen again. He heard God's love. He heard warnings that he needed to turn to, to, to God for forgiveness. And yet nothing happened. But at the tender age of 103, he remembered it. I don't know what it was that provoked him to remember it. Something came to mind. He became aware of his need of forgiveness, the way he treated God, the way he treated other people. And he remembered that sermon, that Jesus had died for him, that God loved him so much he'd given his own son to die in his place. He remembered the power of God, that Jesus had risen from the the grave and that he offered new life, eternal life to all who turned to him. And at that moment, he prayed by the side of the road. He lived another three years and on his tombstone is written, these, is written these words. Here lies a babe in grace, aged three years, who died according to nature, aged 106 years.
Cast your bread upon the water. You don't know when it will come back, do you? But what rejoicing there must have been in heaven for John Flavel when he discovered that that seed he'd planted had come to fruit. And so because you don't know, sow and leave the results to God. But Jesus didn't just teach this. Remember, we've been looking at wisdom and that the preacher here is the wise man. But Jesus Christ is the ultimate wise man who actually sowed his own life. In John's Gospel, chapter 12, Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat goes into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. And he was talking about himself, wasn't he? That as he went to the cross for your sake and for mine, his body would be buried in the ground. But he would rise. And from his death and resurrection would come the fruit of forgiveness and eternal life. Not just for seven or eight, but for millions. For all, everyone who turns to Jesus Christ and asks for his mercy. Asks for him to take away our sin. Think of that harvest that came from one man's death for you and for me. It's worth asking today, isn't it? Are you part of that harvest? Would you allow me to take the preacher at his word and take a risk and sow that seed once more this morning? To sow that seed right now because I've only got a couple of weeks left with you. And so I would just love to urge you one more time, if you haven't yet put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ to do it, don't wait another 85 years, please. But do it today. Turn to Jesus Christ, the one who loves you and gave his life for you so that you might know the joy of forgiveness and eternal life. Why would you reject the one who sowed his life for you? And of course, if you have, and I trust and hope that many have already done that, well, who could you sow that word into this week? And trust the results to God. Let's have a moment of quiet and then I'll lead us in prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much that you sowed your life for us and for the harvest that has come from that one sacrifice, that once for all perfect sacrifice for us, that as you were buried in the ground, you've brought new life to so many. And we pray that each of us here today would be included in that harvest and that we might be those who would sow your word into other people's lives, entrusting the results to you, we pray that uncertainty wouldn't paralyze us in life, but we would know that you're good and in control and trust you. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, the service uh, concluded with a, a hymn which will uh, put on the recording in just a moment, Tell Out My Soul, uh, a hymn that encourages us 
to be those who speak of the glories of God, who sow God's word into other people's lives. Uh, so do join in with that hymn and be encouraged to do that. Um, but let me just give you the announcements for this week. We've got our Bible study in the rectory on Wednesday night at 8.30 and uh, Stradone Tots and Toys on Thursday. And In Touch will be happening on uh, Thursday afternoon from 3.30 till 5. Um, I think that's it for announcements. So let me uh, hand you over for this final hymn. My soul, the greatness of the Lord, unnumbered blessings give my spirit, voice tender to me, the promise of his word, in God my Saviour shall my heart rejoice. Tell art my soul the greatness of his name make known his might the deeds his arm has done his mercy sure from age to age the same his holy name the lord the mighty my soul, the greatness of his might, powers and dominions lay their glory by hard hearts and stubborn wills open to flight, the our time together this morning with the words of the grace. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. <laughs>